1: Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poulin, with me this week, as always, John Duke. And finally, and although it's quite a bit of fluff, John, we finally have at least something that we can sink our teeth into. It was a crazy off season. We can finally say uh, NBA preseason. We can change the the uh, the code on the show because we have now entered the 2017 2018 season. I know there hasn't been much other than media, media day and an open practice, but it is phenomenal to see that Marcus Smart. This isn't one of those. Oh yeah, the dude lost 20 pounds, <clears throat> Sully. Uh, and then he shows up at camp and it doesn't look any different. Legit Marcus Smart looks different.
0: Legit Marcus Smart. I like that. He's, uh, you know what, and this he's could still- be the, the
1: legit version of Marcus Smart. He
0: he is about that life. Completely. Well, you know, Jerry, Jay Laronega, there's a great story that Adam Himmelsbach came out with, uh, um, as we're just, just not long before we recorded this. Uh, where he talked about Marcus's summer, spent a lot of time in Miami working with Jay, uh, but also how they tapped, uh, into the Ty Lue connection. Um, of course Jay and Ty were, uh, on the, on the Celtic staff under Doc Rivers for a number of years, and he, through Ty Lue, he got connected to Chauncey Billups and how Chauncey has now is now serving as a bit of a mentor to, uh, young Marcus. And, you know, I think that's it's a great, um, you know, comparison is, you know, the the young point guard.
1: When he was drafted,
0: we kind of
1: compared him to Chauncey Billups. So the fact that he's gone to him as a mentor is obviously somebody with better basketball knowledge than even us made that connection as well. So it's very validating for you and I, but somebody else made that connection as well and uh, decided to try to put the two together. I'm sure there's a ton that he'll be able to learn.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I th- and I, and that's That is a great lesson to learn of, of going from a guy who doesn't really have an offensive game, did, you know, more so in the, in the college ranks, but needed to transition his offense in the, in the pro ranks. And by the end, Mr. Big Shot was deadly, you know, and if, if Marcus Smart could become Mr. Big Shot point, you know, 2.0, that ain't bad. It would be awesome,
1: except, with Rick Patino in the news and losing his job, and the Chauncey Billups connection, we have to only conclude that Marcus Smart is on the trading block and won't last the season.
0: <laughs> Go on to take no, his talent no.
1: somewhere else and become, uh, you know, the big game game shooting dog. You know, like I, I, it's kind of. It's kind of squirrely for me right now. No.
0: Thankfully, the Patino nightmare ended 17 years ago. I, I, there's no going back. There's no Fans For Celtics fans. Right. Well, hey, you know what? I, it looks like you made your bed, Louisville. Now you're going to lie in it a bit. Um so we'll see what happens there, but and who knows how much Terry, Terry Rozier is involved in that. Uh, not obviously not, nothing to any great degree, but, um, you wonder what's going to come out, uh, as all of this, this thread unravels from the NCAA ranks. And boy, don't you have to be happy if you're Brad Stevens to get the hell out of college basketball right now. How smart is he looking right now? Everyone's like, well, when is he going to go back to college? I don't think. I, I think you have to be a fool to want to go into the college ranks at this point compared to where the position, not only where Brad Stevens this is has now. This has been forewarned about for
1: so long, too. Absolutely. The whole AAU circuit has set all of that up long before. Like, anybody who's a top prospect is, is pretty I, I don't, desensitized to that environment mm-hmm. that it probably doesn't feel as... I don't know, unethical, I guess. It probably doesn't feel as unethical by the time they get to college. It's almost like they're conditioned to, you know, play the game and get around some of that. I mean, I'm not saying kids are making tons of money in high school. I'm just saying the way that that program's being run, you've heard lots of people say that, you know, eh, AAU, it's not, you know – not what we'd like it to be. I've heard little grumblings of that. And, uh, you know, obviously you want to have competitive circuit and you want to, you want your, if you have um, a family member or a kid you're working with that you really want to have a shot at getting a good education and going to the NBA and making some money, you know, it's certainly understandable that you would want them to participate in it, but the warning signs have been there.
0: Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> this patient this is this is not a uh a situation where the the patient boy, I had no idea he my neighbor next door was a mass murderer uh you know this is the signs were pretty obvious you know we you saw the the blood stained clothes going in and out you saw the massive amounts of uh of bleach and uh peroxide you know being pulled up to the to the gate from from you know trucks i mean a lot of digging going on in the backyard. Things were bad there. We knew that was going to happen, you know. Uh, you um, knew Tuco so.
1: was going to turn up at some point.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Tuco. <laughs> you like that? I do. I do. I do. Um, anyway, yeah, no, it's, uh, so yes, yes, it, those, thankfully those days are gone. Rick Patino is gone and we can, maybe this is our chance to truly enjoy, you know, Billups 2.0. Maybe that's what we need to do is Smart. I, I think I think he could be a better defender, defensive player, uh than than Billups was, which says quite a bit. Uh, can he be Mr. Big Shot? Though that's that's asking a lot for him. But look, we talked about it last time. Forty percent shooter in the corners that last year. So if he hits above the break anywhere near thirty percent, he's going to be a thirty-five percent shooter Honestly, from three. That's a if big he deal. Could
1: just learn to do what Russell Westbrook does, you know, inside and going to the lane and getting that up and down the court, you're not going to want to step in front of him still. He's still hefty for his size, right? Six four. he's still, what, 225? He's not he's, – he's just a little bit more compact. And apparently there's no unnecessary muscle or, or fat on that body. I can't imagine how much he's lost. I mean, the dude is – The dude is rugged. So if he's going north-south, you still don't want to get in front of him. But if he's a little bit quicker and he can finish a little bit better at the rim, even if he's still not the best perimeter shooter, I'll take it because he's not going to be the go-to shooter on this team anyway. He's not going to hit the big shots for a good long time. And probably by the time he's old enough, and some, if there are other players that have moved on, probably looking at Jason Tatum to be taking a lot more of those shots just based on what we saw from him in summer league and at Duke. You seem to, I, I would still tend to think that the ball winds up in his hands for the big shots. You know, Jalen Brown even, you know, it's, he's a ways off, right? He can get to the line. I think he might be your go-to guy down the stretch of games, um, once he gets a little bit better body control attacking the rim, but I'm not sure that that's really what Marcus needs. Definitely not what Marcus needs to do this year, but I'm not even sure that that's what he needs to do long-term. If he can be just a superb defender, at the 1-2, you know, the ball handler position. If he can be a great defender there, um, play a little bit out of position, continue to be able to switch, and generate some offense at the free throw line, even if he's still a below average three-point shooter, if he can get some respect for his ability to drive, he might get a little more open on some of the shots beyond the arc. And, you know, maybe he upticks above 30% consistently If he could get to 32-33, I think you'd be happy with him, honestly, with what he can provide defensively and the way he raises his games. He raises his game in clutch moments with winning plays that don't always include shooting.
0: Well, I I think there's a, something to be said for the size thing, you know, and and the ability to be we talked about it, you got to get around the guy. You got to be able to to beat on the switches, you got to beat the fours and fives. If you can get past the fours and fives when you're on a switch and he can punish those guys off the dribble, then then he's devast he could be a devastating player because that's they're going to have to respect the 3 and if he can do that then It's going to be really hard to, you know, to top. I mean, last year he was a 28% shooter from three. Okay. Um, but again, if he's shooting 40% of the corners, you know, there's, there, there is, he can make people pay. And the other thing is, is with the rotations, where are you going to put Marcus? You know, are you gonna? Is is he gonna end up at the top of the key? Is he gonna be always be up at the top there? When you have Hayward and you have you know Kyrie and you have Horford, uh, you're kind of working the middle and top area. Maybe he's still up there, but you could totally. He see... He could be a backdoor cutter. He could be the backdoor cutter, and he could be the the you know the second third pass that when the pass goes into the corner, you know so. If if you're in a closing lineup, let's say, right, and Kyrie's you know pounding the ball, pounding the ball, he's trying to create something, doesn't have it, kicks it out to above the break where you've got Jalen, you've got Hayward, defense comes up from the corner to to contest one more pass to the corner, and he's open in the corner for three, forty percent shooter. That's that's a winning you know situation, and I think for all of us saying, well, he's a 28 percent shooter from three. But that's only half the story. And I think that that's... Well, if Kyrie draws a double, kicks it over to Horford, and the closeout
1: opens up the baseline drive, it might not even always have to be a corner three. You know, if he's faster, the issue is is that the defense can recover, I think, the way that he's played to date. But if he's in yeah. the corner, Horford draws the closeout, Kyrie's on the other side with a double, even if they're starting to to recover and come over to the weak side. It might, the ball might move fast enough just with the big man passing, you know, of Al Horford that yeah. Smart might be able to get in a lot closer go baseline and if he's got this little, we've talked a lot about his quickness, but what about his leaping? I, I'm very interested to well, see next week in some game action, if there isn't some added lift in his game and if there is, I think that could be really huge. Real quick before we, we leap off of that, just a reminder to everybody you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live you can follow me at CSL underscore Justin, John is at CSL underscore Duke, the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media, the Facebook page, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans, and now that the season has come, the YouTube channel, that's right, YouTube.com slash CNS Media for high definition, full length locker room interviews, and not only the round table, but the garden report featuring CLNS Media's founder, Nick Gelso, who has relocated to Boston, has a nice new studio for video recording of uh, all of these shows. So definitely be checking out the YouTube channel. And uh, the old staple, the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android, simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. So, John, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm thinking there's some added lift in his game, and if there is... That will definitely help his ability to finish at the rim, but when we talk about that one scenario where it goes over to the weak side and he starts to come in baseline, you know, you know somebody's going to recover and get over there. The question is can he go up and over them because they're trying to cover ground and they're not able to get vertical to contest. And I think in the old days, or last year's smart or the year before, I know we sort of called his breakout year last season, but this one, the contract year,
0: seems to be the real one. Well, the injury, the the back injury, doesn't help that, right? And we find out about that on media day that there was a back injury that slowed him down, and obviously caused the the, the weight to balloon a bit. Um, a common tear tale that we all can kind of um, understand as we get older. But I think that you're right. That there will be some vertical help that he'll be able to provide and they were talking about this the other day that, that when he's playing uh they were in the gym the other day and someone threw an oop to him and they're like whoa where did that come from you know <laughs> they, 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 you know i think it was horford that was talking about it um you know so they're noticing that there's there's definitely an explosive nature to to marcus we haven't seen in a while i mean i was watching this summer there's some clips just a little you know uh gif of him you know doing a standing backflip in the middle of the court you know we didn't see that type of athleticism for Marcus Smart here um, for a number of years. And I, and I don't know if it's because of injury. We I mean, certainly had the ankle injuries and so forth. But we never saw that kind of freak athleticism uh, that I kind of thought we might be getting with him. And instead, it's it's been a bit more plodding, a bit more, um, I think, more intellectual, his growth has shown. If he can add the, you know, this, this Mediterranean diet and, you know, lean, you know, basically the new muscular lean Marcus Smart, then, you know, to use the Avery Bradley phrase, the sky's the limit for him too. You know, he can do whatever he wants. It's just gotta get that shot going. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that he's gonna be the type though to drive from the, drive a closeout from the corner and, and throw down over, you know, uh, somebody coming to help. I, I don't know that he'll be that guy. But he's gonna be—he's gonna be a threat, and that's the main thing. That's all he's got to be. He's got to be somebody who can make him pay when all the attention's going to Kyrie, all the attention's going to, to Gordon Hayward. He's got to be the guy who can hit the wide open shot because the wide open shot is going to be there for him uh, a plenty this season.
1: Yeah, you know, and the other thing I wonder is if he doesn't actually get stunted in some of this from the standpoint of the fact that when he's out there, he's really going to be, he's going to play the Avery Bradley role where he's trying to cover for some of the defensive liabilities of Kyrie Irving, at least in the short term, right? So he may get pigeonholed into this defensive prowess position that he's been in. There might not be a lot of room for him to grow offensively, unless, of course, we're correct, and he's going to spend most of the first half and, and, and even... Almost through three quarters directing that second unit offense and transitioning into more of a closing role with that starting lineup at the end of games. If that's the case, he'll get a little ability to do, to grow offensively with that second unit, but be out there when they need stops, when they need defensive pressure when they need that tenacity and especially when they need it at the end of games and that might give him the confidence to your point that when he's out there with the starters that were he to get an open shot and he needs to knock it down that's his moment that's when he's actually been able to do that it's it's the end of the first quarter or the end of the half those you know heaving late uh shot clock sh- shots that just destroy you know, an already not awesome, uh, rate beyond the, beyond the arc. But, I think we'll, I think we're gonna see a lot this season from him. And, uh, you know, hopefully he sticks with the roster. I feel like they cleared enough room to be able to resign him next year. And, uh, unless something like, you know, uh, uh, Anthony Davis comes along in a trade like that, the Brow, then I think he's on this roster next year. I don't, it would have to be a, a big superstar move that, he would get uh he would get shuttled along uh for do you think with all this that they try to sign him to an extension before I the deadline
0: yeah yeah i i think they i would really hope that they would Uh you know i don't know that he's shown as much as as some of the guys who have signed extensions you know gary harris is a guy who who might be in that neighborhood. Uh, T.J. Warren is somebody who signed extension, you know, four years, 50 million. I think that's kind of the range where Marcus Smart's kind of looking, you know, kind of 12, 13, 14 million. And if he can get something in that neighborhood, you know, that's a, that's one of those you get to deal now because in two years, if Jay Larnega's is right, when these things all start clicking for Marcus, uh, that's a, an extreme bargain. That's how you ended up with, with, uh, a guy like Steph Curry getting 10 million a year for four years. You know, it seemed, it seemed too much, but very quickly it was the best bargain in the league until this past, this upcoming season. So this, this is the time to do it. And, and the other, the other piece of it, let's say Marcus isn't the guy here long term. You know, you you'd figure out, well, he's never going to be more than, you know, a defensive guy, a, a six, seven, eighth guy, which is possible. That he could be no more than he is right now. I don't think so, but it's possible. Even in the worst case, you need some contracts that you can move. They don't have a lot of those mid-level contracts right now that they can send out and get somebody back of that kind of mid-level size unless you're going to move jalen brown or unless you're going to move uh, jason tatum and i don't think either guy either of those guys are going anywhere soon unless it's in a, in a brow type deal so not that i'm saying you sign the guy to trade the guy but there's a value in having somebody in that price range that eventually if you have to move them it's it's something that's doable and in today's league 12 million dollars is is chump change
1: do you think he's gonna spurn any offers because he wants to use this season to showcase himself especially after his offseason success because i'm also thinking maybe if they lock him down and he gets that extension now that if this back injury is lingering he sort of ensures his future because if that regardless of his conditioning rears its ugly head, it's definitely a gamble. If he takes the money now, he gets that security, but maybe he feels like he's taking, you know, the uh, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley deal, which you have to think is swirling around in the back of his mind, John. Look at the bargain that sure. those guys took. Do I really want to do that, especially when this is my first opportunity at a payday? At the same time, the league is littered. <laughs> with really good point guards these days.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, part of his, it's, it's a plus and a minus, you know, he, he doesn't fit the standard of whatever other, you know, point guard in the league is, but on the other hand, he, he, he's a, at this point, he hasn't shown anything offensively. Now, he could show a little something this year if he becomes that, you know, 35% shooter from three. If he shows the ability to, you know, kind of drive those closeouts and find a way to get to the rim with his newfound speed and, and, and burst. I think that could be, he could have more of a market, but the problem for him is there's no money next summer. And it could be that the Celtics are going to say, well, you know what? There's no money next summer. We're not going to lose you in a restricted free agency because there's nobody out there who's going to be able to, to, to spend the, spend the type of cash. Uh, It's not going to be a worthwhile investment for them. So we're just going to wait it out. I'd prefer they do it now because I think it, I think they're going to get a better deal now than if they wait. But that's, that's, that's going to be their argument right now, I think, is that next summer, that things are going to be so tight financially next summer. You're going to see guys who deserve big money, and particularly of what we've seen in the last two years, aren't going to get it. And I'd be interested in – There's only so much money Isaiah, to go
1: around next offseason. Isaiah,
0: Isaiah yeah. is the biggest, a number one example of that. What happens with him will be a complete – I I have no idea. I have no idea what what his market will be, who would be interested in him, and we're not going to know until he actually gets out in the court and shows he can still play.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. It is not great timing for Marcus Smart's contract here, that's for sure, because hefty money is going to get thrown around. could be a lot of moving pieces. Uh, We're going to tell you about FanDuel, and when we come back, I think we have to talk a little bit about that last-minute move by Oklahoma City that we didn't get to talk about last week because – It really just came in in the very last few minutes, Carmelo Anthony going to Oklahoma City. But you're going to have to wait a second for that. But speaking of waiting, fantasy football fans, the wait is over. Football is back. We're into week three now, and that means FanDuel is back with fantasy football for everyday fans. That's right. New contests begin every week. No busted seasons with something for everyone and lots of contests to choose from. Starting at just $1, you simply pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. The Celtic Stuff Live Fantasy League just keeps filling up. We've got a late posting due to media day, and then we wanted to see some live practice, let things get going a little bit before we release the show this week. And unfortunately, I hate to tell you, the Celtic stuff live league is already full so if you want to join one of the other CLNS media leagues uh, until things open up again next Monday then certainly tweet at at CSL underscore tweet live and we'll give you another CLNS media league that you can play in over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel so sign up today go to FanDuel.com click the join now button and use our code CSL17 John I'll tell you my picks have been absolutely miserable like out of 250 I'm in the 200 to 250 range two consecutive weeks now I'm ugly but the good news for our listeners you can try FanDuel for free with no deposit required you just visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of $10,000 just sign up using promo code CSL17 that's FanDuel.com Promo code CSL seventeen void where prohibited. All right, John. So <laughs> like that. That's great. I love yeah, it. Right. On. Hey, you I won't miss that. that. You will not <laughs> miss that clause. No. So so um so um yeah. Uh, sp- speaking of uh speaking of clauses, Carmelo Anthony waived his no trade clause. Do you see that? That's that's pretty awesome. What I just did there. I do. And now he's in Oklahoma City. I love the gamble. I'll be honest with you. I love the gamble. What they got for, I don't want to say nothing, but honestly, its they didn't have a lot. And to not give up a lot to get two guys in their contract year, knowing that they might lose everything next offseason is totally worth it. And if they can just stick it a little bit to Golden State – boy won't that be entertaining
0: well yeah i I think that they they did a great job in getting a lot for nothing but but I also think it's a tremendous gamble, and it's not just a gamble because you're putting these these types of people together they're at a point where and maybe they're they're at a point where they have to do these sort of things because they know that they're the, talk, the clock is ticking on what's going on in Oklahoma City. But if there is not a way for them to get somebody else, to, to get Russell Westbrook to want to stay in Oklahoma City, it's all over anyway, right? So maybe that's that's the, what you say, if you're Sam Presti. I don't know if that's I can totally get this guy to stay. Let's go all in. We'll use up all our assets. And come July 1st, you know, all th- – Three of or four of these guys are, are headed elsewhere. Maybe that's what it is. But just you, think about this ice. too.
1: Hold on. Just think about this too. They'll have tons of salary cap cleared with a ton of players available on the market. So mm. you know maybe Russ stays, but it. I don't think they're married to Paul George and Carmelo Anthony staying. I think they want to keep their feature guy, but. I know all signs pointing to George and and LeBron going to L.A., but if this little dynamic plays out strong, it's very easy to see OKC find a way to keep Paul George if they could get LeBron to come. And I'm not saying, LeBron, there's any link or anything. All we've heard is L.A., 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 but if you really want to stick it to Kevin Durant, and that's your kind of – that's the – the angle you're working, LA would be great, but wouldn't it be even more awesome if he was playing with Russell Westbrook and Paul George in Oklahoma City the following season to rattle their cage?
0: It would. I, I just, I don't see any way in which he, anybody else is, is there. I think if they can hold on to those four they'd be doing something remarkable but even then even long term it's it's funny they're in a similar situation to what the Celtics would have been if they were able to you know do the Paul George deal they financially they couldn't afford to keep George Horford uh Hayward and and IT they would have they would have been able they would have been pushed out of that just the Celtics are would have been just as I think Oklahoma City is so this is a one off In some respects for a number of these guys. Now who, I'm not exactly sure who that would be, but you take those four guys and you know, it's, it's a really tough, you know, gamble and I'm I'm counting, you know, Steven Adams in that. Uh, I, I'm just, I think it's a contract
1: year for Steven Adams too.
0: No, no, he just oh, he got okay. signed in the in the big the big money year um he got he got he got paid handsomely that's you know, he's right. in the 20, he
1: did cash it in didn't he yeah he's in yeah, the twenty million dollar
0: range and it's good for him, but you know it's it's twenty it's twenty two for him and for Westbrook it's the largest contract ever given to a player uh in the nBA it's two hundred twenty five million i think it's 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 bigger than what Harden's extension will will be and so, you know, you've got that. And then, you know, maybe you could re-sign George. Maybe you can keep three. But, you know, Carmelo has his own option. He has a player option. So he could decide to stick around next year. And why wouldn't you if you're going to be on a winning team? Of course, if it's a losing team, he's going to opt out. How furious but that may be would the best Russell thing.
1: Westbrook be if Carmelo exercises his player option and Paul George goes to L.A. and joins up with LeBron?
0: I don't think – I think it will be a – I think people – everyone is – it's going to be like this year, except the name that everyone's going to be waiting on is Russell Westbrook. I think Westbrook is going to be the guy who's going to set the tone. Everyone's going to figure out what Russell's doing first, including LeBron, and then I think Paul George is after that. And I think L.A. wants to have Russell even more than they want Paul George, as crazy as that sounds. Because he's an LA guy. He's, he went to UCLA. And don't you think, I mean, while it's great to have all these wings, would you rather have Paul George or would you rather have Russell Westbrook? To That's me, I think Russ every day of the week. And, and there's some argue, oh, they can have all three. I, I don't, I don't see how that can happen. I'm not even sure how they can get two of them, to be honest, but we'll see how good Rob Palenka is at, at, at balancing all these different pieces and, and trying to make real deals. I mean, he he's going to have to do age level stuff to get to get in the position where they can get those guys. And all we've seen thus far is they get their hand slapped for you know winking on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. Uh, <laughs> whether or not you know they want Paul George there, so we'll have to see if they can actually get a little figure out how to run a front office first.
1: Well, speaking of putting all the pieces together, we haven't talked about this Celtics club really other than Marcus. Oh, yeah. Martin. So we've that? got Kyrie Irving, who, uh, saying all the right things, actually pulled back on the flat earth, uh, supportership, if that's a word. So there you go, John. You called his, uh, just messing around with the media and, and having some fun. Although I'm not 100% sold, but, you know, I think. Well, it's, the, oh,
0: come on, come on! All after all you've heard over these last few weeks of him, just the way he talks and the way he kind of challenges people and plays with the media and doesn't give in. I mean, you really think <laughs> this is all his game? Like he's playing a game with these guys. He's in his own you reality. Just love him, you know. More
1: every minute, I, it's so I great. do. It's so funny.
0: It's wonderful. I
1: do love watching him <laughs> knock down, like. Every single open shot in practice, it's nuts. Oh he is such an incredibly pure shooter, even more than I thought. Like, I knew he could create offense, but even just those set shots, like, he's automatic. I think it was Chris Forsberg's video from open practice, but it's just sitting there watching him just one after another. It's It's phenomenal. If he could teach Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart anything, that would be a great place to start if he could just help them get to that point um boy that would be something maybe maybe they could teach him a little bit, something about defense and challenge him that way how about <laughs> terry rozier's comments about yeah you know kyrie's going to be learning a lot you know cuz he has to guard me in practice or uh, maybe paraphrasing there <laughs> i love it but i that's, love it that right there is you just you have to appreciate terry's confidence Terry Rose,
0: you're the third. Remember this year we're gonna he's gonna have that on the back of his of his jersey, which will be pretty great. Um, yeah, I, I you know that's that's for, for his breakout third the, year. That's right, exactly. This is the type of confidence that we need from old Tito. I think I think that he is gonna be um, uh, he's the surprise guy. He's the real wild card, I think, out of anybody on this roster. You know, I mean not to say that that Jalen can't do something, you know, make that leap or Tatum. Rozier is the guy that I just feel like it has been – he's become a joke, in fact, of, of, oh, sure, Danny won't give him up when they make a deal. I think that he is – he's a really talented guy, and if he could figure out how to finish at the rim, that, that guy is dangerous. I mean, he's got that – that next level athleticism, the next level ability that very few people in that league have. And it's crazy. I'm just glad he's got that type of confidence where he's trying to tell Kyrie Irving, maybe he can learn a thing or two from him. I just know because won't I back down. It. And I bet Kyrie no.
1: appreciates the hell out of that too. It certainly Absolutely. fits into the Celtic culture. And speaking of building culture, you know, they're all hanging out at Salve Regina. Um, I actually have some friends that are alums there and, uh, you know, beautiful campus, really a nice way, I guess, for Brad to get everybody focused on camaraderie and building that culture that all you've read this, this week so far is only four of the players from last year's roster have returned. So this is a big focus, obviously, from many angles. And really, I remember challenging the chemistry. Or I don't say I won't say you and I, but we were going, we were setting the expectation for patience. The year that Ray and you know the the big three for our generation came into town, and everybody said, well, we're not really expecting a championship year one. They're probably it's going to take a little while to share the ball and build chemistry. They're probably not going to come out of the gate really fast, but they lit that season on fire from basically game one. And went on to win 60 plus games and 17th banner up in the rafters. So that, they were a surprise. And I want to get your take. Do you still want to have that shaded optimism or that, you know, early season sort of, uh, patience because how we've seen the beginning of every season go in the Brad Stevens era? Or are you going to go by way of the, hey, the last time we did this, they came out strong and uh, finished strong.
0: I am, I am in Brad Stevens, I trust man. It, he is going to set the tone and he is going to determine how quickly and, and where that that team's chemistry fits and how quickly they unleash it. I don't think he's, I think purposefully he's going to hold back. Um, he tinkers I, for
1: the first 20, right? I mean, that's, that's basically exactly right. What it is. Tinkers for the first 20 and then goes after it. It's actually amazing. They got the first seed last year with that in mind.
0: Oh, totally. And, and one thing that's true though, this year is that their games are even more front loaded this year than they have been in years past, largely due to the trip. Uh, overseas in January. So they play 40 games. as it 40 games? Almost 40 games there by the first of the year, I think, or 35 games by the first of the year. So they – And the are, break is
1: total jet lag going overseas. That's what's funny yeah, too.
0: Right. It's just – so. You know, and, then, and thankfully with the, with the way the schedule is, there'll be more time to kind of get your legs under you and, and do all that needs to be done. There'll be more practice time this year, which I think will be really helpful in terms of chemistry. But I, I think Brad is going to, he said that he wants this to get together as fast as possible, but I don't believe that that's going to make him move away from the types of things he's done. I mean, look, he was telling, you know, Steve Pet today, uh, in today's, in today's paper in the Herald saying, you know, there's, the starting lineup is going to change night to night. There's going to be times it's going to be, uh, Marcus Moore. You know, it's going to be Baines. We want to go bigger. We want to have a different type of big out there. It could be, uh, Tice or Yaboselli, which may be very happy. Uh, or we might go smaller and have Marcus Morris out there. I thought, wow, okay. <laughs> that doesn't, a guy it who's does talking make sense about, though. Starting they're just going to gas plan three. for their opponent. That's all. Yeah, but it's, but that's, no, no, it's more than that though. I mean, it's not like they're throwing out veterans, veterans, veterans. What he's doing is he's saying, I'm going to start anybody, basically. I'm going to the, the 12th, 11th, 10th guy in my yeah, roster. I would, be temper,
1: I would just temper and, your optimism the, on that. I don't think...
0: Well, it's not optimism. I'm not saying it's optimism. I'm, I'm saying, just saying he's what gotta, he's doing he, is he's trying, to, he's trying to say, I'm going to fit to the situation. I'm not going to stick with the same mold. But in doing that, he's he's... He's yeah. experimenting. He's trying to do different things. I don't think that's. I'm not trying to be overly maybe in the preseason,
1: but I I I think that's going to be a lot shorter rotation than you realize when the season starts because right now it's training camp and everybody needs to believe that there's equal opportunity for playing time and I think that that is a measured response to the situation. I think by the end of training camp he has a pretty good idea that's going to narrow down a little bit. I don't think he's going to go 12 deep at all. However. I don't want to just. He's, he's not I don't,
0: twelve deep. I'm not saying he's going twelve deep. Let's let's be clear. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that he sees a didn't situation you just say where 10,
1: 11, 12?
0: He's using the tenth, eleventh, or twelfth man to start. I'm. I, what I'm saying is, is that he's looking at that on on a on a per team on a matchup basis, right? And that he's using that as an opportunity to try different things that fit. And that's the experimentation that we've seen all the way through it's the whole time he's been here, and using the, the starting lineup is more of an exper- experimentation area laboratory of of trying to make this work, which makes everybody mad because we got to have a set rotation. We get—I do not worry about the rotation as much as now as I worry about it in March and and there's 82 games for them to work out what that rotation needs to be. Hell, the rotation had to change the starting lineup had to change in game 3 because we couldn't figure out how to make Amir Johnson defend those two bigs. And so we went with Gerald Green. It, there's nothing that's magical about a set rotation. Uh and I think that that's okay, especially on a team like this. All right. I
1: I I I I'm not quite that optimistic. I think it'll have it a little bit more dialed in. However, you brought up Yabu a couple of shows we ago. Go. We had to cut it off and you didn't really get to just go off with your Yabu excitement. We literally have five minutes left in the show, but we, we gotta, we gotta to get your take on Yabu. Cause I know Whoa. you're really, really high on this guy. Him and, and, and Shemi seem to be battling for similar minutes, but he floats more towards, uh, a rebounding, not a rebounding big, but he floats more towards the big side of things, where Shemi floats more towards the wing side of things.
0: Yes, yes. And, and they're both, the hearts and minds, they are tugging at my heartstrings. Let's be honest. They
1: kind of look similar, and they both have very bulky
0: physiques for the NBA. They're, they're team combat muscles. They are, they are two fellas who are, um, here to party, and they're here to throw down. And uh, I think that it's going to be fabulous having two guys like that. Who you could throw to a game. Now, at present, they don't have any a sort of mean disposition, but you need guys like that on your roster. You need guys who can get in there and mix it up a little bit. And I think we, we've been so concerned about finding the center, and I, and I still think they need a center. Another guy, you know, a big, big body, but the the way that this roster is so much different from one to 14, really one to 18 at this point is like night and day difference. And when you have guys like Shimmy and you have Yabu, like it just changes the whole course of how you play and, and how you do things. And I think Yabu, just to talk a bit about Yabu, we're going to get into Shimmy. I I know, but Yabu is a guy who I think has uncommon gifts offensively for man, his size uh, his speed, his, his quickness of a man his size, um, as a small ball four, or really as a four, a legitimate four, he could be a really big weapon in this, in this lineup. And he is really the only, I, he's the only guy of that size I think that in terms of profile, fits really well as the four. Can he rebound well enough or can he defend well enough? That's going to be his, his challenges. If he can, if he can figure out how to do those two things, he's going to get a lot of minutes this year. He's going to surprise a lot of people. Well, we know and he I'm, can space I'm here the floor. Yeah, I know.
1: And, and he can space the floor with the three ball. That's going yeah. to help him get minutes. The question is, will he play that Kelly Olynyk role only a little bit more shorter, but wider? And will he be the one that's gonna pull somebody's arm out of their socket, right? Because we need a, a resident bruiser, like you said, yes. for opposing fans to to beat up on and hate. Because Kelly got a lot of hate from the Wizards fans last year. The year before it was Cavs fans. I mean he or I guess it was two years before that, but he's gotten some uh he's gotten some flack. For going around and, and and hurting people, right? So yeah. maybe maybe Yabu will be our resident thug. I, I think a lot of people want to think it's going to be Marcus Morris, but you got the wrong brother in that case.
0: I well, I think Marcus is willing to throw down. Look, we said it before. Marcus Smart is the va baracus of this team. He is the linchpin, and if he can get those guys, the the Yabus, the Shimmies, under under his wing. And kind of fill them with the hate and the rage that you need to play with to, to do that type of job. Look out, baby. That, that's the type of exciting stuff. And, and I think that they're going to be, they're well positioned to be great role players that can grow, you know, into a much larger role, but can at least start out in that same way that we saw with Big Baby and, and, uh, you know, in that 2008 season where you play a small role but you can grow it and grow it and grow it where you know big baby was was starting playoff games uh, when we had some injuries i mean that was he had a big role i think yabu and and both with and shimmy both have that opportunity to do that here in boston i cannot wait to see them in the exhibition opener on monday night
1: Well, and that's when we'll be coming back. We'll be recording our next show immediately following the game on Monday night. We definitely need to see these players out on the floor, getting some minutes against competition, maybe get a little insight into what Brad Stevens is thinking But we'll be back in just a few short days. That's going to do it for this week's show. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And a quick reminder that today's show brought to you by FanDuel. They've got a great deal for all of you. listening. But most importantly, you'd be supporting our show and the entire CLNS Media Network. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media Nick Gelso, and for my co host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic
0: Stuff Live.